This is Michael Osterlink, and I'm speaking with Bruce Fine, constitutional scholar. How you doing, Bruce? I'm doing well today. Thank you, Michael. Fantastic. So, uh, this is November 2014, and President Obama is going to release his executive order on immigration reform. My first question to you is, as I've been hearing that both Bush and uh, Reagan also use executive orders to modify immigration law. Can you first speak to that and then the specifics of what um, Obama wants to do and his relationship to constitutional authority that he does or does not have? Sure. Uh, first, <clears throat> I think to characterize what Obama is doing as reform is a misnomer uh, because it's certainly not something that the Congress uh, agrees to. Indeed, if they did, he wouldn't be issuing the order whatsoever. It's his view of what the immigration the laws ought to be. Uh, there are those who disagree. For example, those who think it's not reform would argue that he's giving preferential treatment to those who are in the country unlawfully over those who are waiting in line properly under the immigration laws to get immigration visas or permanent residence. And that could be viewed as a step backward rather than forward because you're given the signal that illegality pays more than legality. But putting that aside, with regard to the Bush and uh, Reagan uh, precedents there, simply because something has been done unlawfully initially doesn't make it legal, sort of like adverse possession. Repetition doesn't legalize something that's wrongful. The United States Supreme Court, for instance, held 60 years of legislative vetoes enacted by Congress were all unconstitutional in the famous Chadha decision. So there's nothing that's sacrosanct simply by repetition. Bernie Madoff doesn't make theft legal by continuing to uh, commit larceny against a large amount of uh, his investors. Now, with regard to the larger issue of the constitutionality of what Obama is, is proposing, we need to go back and understand what the uh, origins of the pivotal clause in the Constitution were about. The, the clause reads that the President shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed, faithfully, not sabotaged. And that goes back to the British uh, Bill of Rights of 1688, when the Parliament was revolting against the practices of Charles II and then more prominently James II of suspending the application of British recusancy laws that generally required people to demonstrate their adherence to the Ag Anglican faith. James was a Catholic, or at least a crypto-Catholic, and, and didn't want to enforce the laws in that way. And it was that experience that caused the Founding Fathers in the Constitution to oblige the President to take care that the laws are faithful executed, just as the British Bill of Rights said that a monarch cannot suspend the application of a law without parliamentary consent. <clears throat> and if we look at what Obama is doing here, it's not the exercise of prosecutorial discretion, where on a case-by-case -case basis a prosecutor decides whether in light of all the resources and the severity of the wrongfulness does this worthy a government action to impose a sanction. Uh, it's the opposite of prosecutorial discretion because what he's doing, he's creating categories, whole categories of persons who are in the United States unlawfully, without examination of their particular circumstances and announcing to all the world and to them, you will not be deported. Uh, and that's different than an individual prosecutor in an individual case deciding not to go forward. He doesn't make an announcement. There's no guarantee that anybody else in a comparable circumstance won't be prosecuted. Whereas under the law, once the president issues an executive order or regulation, the Supreme Court has held that the government is bound to obey its own executive order or regulation unless it's changed. So this is not a case where anyone who's within that category 
of exempted uh, individuals from deportation has anything to fear that no matter what the circumstances, they will be deported because he has tied the hands of the prosecutors. He has ended discretion. He says, no, once you're in the category, there is no discretion to deport you. And that sends a far different signal, public signal, than simply sub rosa deciding in a particular case you're not going to go forward because of mitigating circumstances. You don't announce that to all the world. You're not bound to that particular position in a future case. And that's why I think Obama's decision is really quite different from the individual prosecutorial discretion that we witness every day in the criminal justice system. Because when when that happens, no prosecutor gets up and says, if you have these characteristics and you commit this crime, I can guarantee you we will never prosecute you. Because that would be insanity. It would be an encouragement to law violation. Uh, and so I say that's why the president's categorical approach uh, is unfaithful to the constitutional obligation to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. And there's a different reason, I think, as well, Michael, that casts suspicion on what the president is doing. This is not a case of an emergency. I mean, we've been dealing with this problem for decades. It was an emergency, a crisis, you know, something would have happened long ago. I call this the characteristic Washington non-crisis crisis. Uh, it doesn't exist. And he's gone out of his way to say the reason why he's acting is because he can't get the consensus to Congress to change the law in the way he would wish. Well, that's the way the system works. That's why we have separation of powers. If that was the standard for executive action, why have a legislature at all? Just the president says, if you don't do what I want to do, I'll just act unilaterally and accomplish what I've done through the manipulation of my constitutional powers to faithfully execute the laws. <clears throat> and so that's an additional reason, in my judgment, why this... Uh, initiative of President Obama should be rejected as a matter of constitutional law. I'd make this final observation. I think the president really is playing with fire, and the Democrats are as well. Because if you look on all of the numerous laws on the books, uh, most of them, I think, with regard to non-enforcement, are ones that the Republicans don't like. Obamacare, a whole a host of regulatory laws, even the civil rights laws. And if this president passes muster, nothing would prevent a new president coming in and say, I don't like the individual mandate that requires a penalty for somebody who doesn't buy health insurance meeting federal standards to pay a fine. So I'm just going to announce I'm not going to enforce that provision of the law because I think it's unfair. I don't think Congress will change it, so I'll just act on my own. And think of even like the Voting Rights Act. The president could come in and say, well, I have limited resources, so if you have a population that has an enrolled voter list of 50,000 or less, don't worry, I'm just going to decide as a matter of prosecutorial discretion never to look at you. So you can go flout the law. And you can go across the boards uh, on all of these statutes where presidents can make whole categorical exemptions. It doesn't repeal the law in total, but it claps a huge gap in enforcement. So the president really is quite foolish because he's preoccupied with today's politics and not looking at the fact that he is setting a precedent that will lie around like a loaded weapon. And when the Republicans come in, they will use it to gut the Democrat programs that they dislike. Thank you, Bruce.